that was pretty damn weird. Because uh, usually our music starts automatically, and for some reason I didn't hear a damn thing for 45 seconds, and then all of a sudden I started playing. But it, Welcome back, anyhow, to Rotorob Fantasy Baseball Weekly Podcast, heard every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. EST on Blog Talk Radio. After a couple weeks off, we returned the unique blend of fantasy baseball So we're into late July now, which means fun day from the trading deadline, so we're sure to have plenty about along those lines tonight. It's been a flurry of activity all week, and it keeps happening. This week, the Dodgers beefed up both their rotation and bench by acquiring Matt Latos and Michael Morse from the Marlins. Drew Storen opted to remain silent despite winding up losing his job as the Nats landed Jonathan Papelbon. And the Cubs say Starling Castro is not being shopped around. We shall see. We're going to cover some of these stories and many more over the next 50 minutes or so, so pull up a beanbag chair and get comfy. I'm Roto Rob, and my guest this week is Hafiz Nurari of DraftTeam.com. He's a Canadian sports fan who detests the Blue Jays, the Raptors, and the Leafs. Uh, he's a social media specialist. How are you this evening, Hafiz? I am doing fantastic, Rob. How are you? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm doing better than Wilmer Flores, who was reduced to tears after hearing he had been dealt to Milwaukee, only to find out the trade wasn't happening. You've got to love social media. <laughs> yeah, you know what? These, you, these days, you, you look more on Twitter than, than even the television to see whether or not you've been traded. You know, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure before the manager could even come down to the locker room, you could pretty much find out on Twitter whether or not you're gone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unbelievable to, to, to find that out and then to, to have the bubble burst like that was a really weird situation. Now to remind you, the chat room and phone lines are open. Uh, currently, I'm in the chat room. Guests, feel free to call in if you want to talk to us old school by phone. That's okay. Uh, it's 347-826-7358. Uh, before we get to tonight's top story, or this week's top story, rather, I want to talk about what's going on over at rotorob.com quickly. On the baseball side of things, every Sunday we have the Wire Troll, written by MLB editor Michael Seff. This week highlighting Zach Godley of the Diamondbacks, who has been made quite a stir. Our outfield rankings being worked off worked on nearly done and starting pitchers also being worked on as we wrap up this year's positional rankings. Football on the 2015 Roto Rob NFL draft kit. So watch for us to start rolling. These are actually all done. We're just adding some strategy essays and we'll start releasing them. Quarterbacks, in fact, just about ready to roll. So hope to have that out in the next couple of days. Hockey, uh, continued best wishes for the continued recovery of NHL editor Dakota Case, who we're pleased to report managed to get outside today as he battles back from heart surgery. On the content side of things, watch for a 2015 NHL draft recap and free agency recap coming soon. Uh, currently editing the free agency recap uh, as we speak. Basketball, we are working on a 2015 draft recap. Stay tuned for that. Just trying to get an update on how that's going. We were also going to have some photos and or videos from Summer League action as well, so stay tuned for details on that. Video games, on Friday we released our review of The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, an old PC game which is now available on the PS4. We are now just 12 posts away from 4,150 in the site's history that marked by mid-August, and an exciting so download it from the iTunes store. Finally, do not forget to subscribe to Rotorob to receive fantasy sports advice in your box every morning. We're just 12 subscribers shy of 200, so join the party. Do you uh, subscribe to Rotorob, Hafiz? Of course. Of course I do. Well uh, how, else, how else do I get all this wonderful information from you? I have no idea. Well, there's lots of ways, but, you know, that is just one way. I mean, you can, do, you can go RSS feed, you know, you, you, now you can get it from the app. There's just, we're expanding the brand everywhere. It's all over. It's and everywhere. all about content these days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Setting up the Roto-Rob so, empire. <laughs> I'm working on it. I am absolutely yes. working on it, building the brand. So Alex Rodriguez turned 40 years old on Monday. And I just am kind of beside myself here, Fifi's. As I've sure as I've surely made it known over the years, I'm so not a fan of Alex Rodriguez. I consider him 
Who One is? One of the biggest douchebags ever walked on the planet. I, I honestly, every time I see his face, I want to punch it. But I have to sit back, regardless of whether he's still using or not. I mean, of course, you can't help but wonder. But marvel at what he is doing, especially lately. Redemption? Well, I'm not ready to go there, but a lot of people seem to be. What do you make of what Alex Rodriguez is doing this year, and specifically lately, Hafiz? It just boggles my mind. What's your take? You know what? It- you know what, A-Rod uh, is playing like he has something to prove. Like, uh, I think the last game he had three home runs. And, you know, he, yeah, he stirred the team yeah. back. Back from, uh, they, they were down before that. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, I think it just goes, uh, he's got big shoes to fill now that Jeter's gone. I mean, he's like it or not, he's the face of the Yankees organization, I'd say. Most recognizable player. But, uh you know, whether or not he's using is a good question. Really, who isn't, you know, when it comes to baseball, you never know. Uh, but I think it's a, it is a redemption year. I think it'll take a few more years. But or, you know, it's hard, it's hard to imagine how he'll retire. I doubt he'll retire with the same uh, name value as a Jeter ever. I don't think he'll ever get to that value. But... I think uh, it'll always be one of those things, you know, on his uh, Wikipedia profile. He's great, but, you know, there was that year where he decided to do, do a shit ton of drugs. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in late May, we talked about A-Rod on the podcast, and that was a time when the marketing deal that he had with the Yankees was about to become a major issue because the Yankees were, like, saying, we're not, we're not going to pay him that $6 million. And the union, of course, was going to get involved, and it was just a shit show was coming. At the time, Vani, who was our guest that evening, hit the nail on the head. He suggested a perfect out here would be simply to, to give the money to charity. So <laughs> Rodriguez actually did the right thing for once, stopped the presses, and, and Vani really nailed that one. And now he seems more on the road to redemption than I could have ever imagined. I mean, a year ago, I just assumed that he was going to play another game in the bigs. He was done. His legacy was tarnished forever. And not only is he back, but the guy's freaking excelling if he is. I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I, and, you know, he's made some good PR choices. Either he's got the same PR person as Justin Bieber, because now everyone likes that guy, too. Uh, but, or, you know, he's actually growing up and there's, uh, kind, you know, that year off probably to gave him some real thinking to do. Uh, I mean, for someone that's a star athlete and you put your whole life behind a sport, to, to miss out on a crucial year like that, and, you know, to to play for the team in baseball, whether you like it or not, is always going to be the Yankees. Uh, so, I, I mean, and with Jeter leaving, he, he really left that team with a, a big hole towards the, the end of last season. And I think he's had to step up this year, and he's come up to that plate, and he's done a good job. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how people judge him in the next three to four years. Yeah, I can't see my opinion changing at all, but I mean, I'm still blown away by what he's doing. And I found a kind of his 70th birthday while playing in Texas, where he put up some amazing seasons before the Rangers absolutely dealing him in that massive contract to the Yankees back in 2004. So along the way, when A-Rod homered as a 40-year-old something, he became only the fourth player in Major League history to, who had hit a home run as a teenager and also one in his 40s. Do you know who the other three are, Hafiz? Uh, there's there's hmm. a trivia question for you. That That's a great question. Jeez, uh, uh, I'm going to go with probably someone really, really old school back, uh, probably way before I've been paying attention to baseball. Um, I don't know, Mickey Mantle? No, no. No? Uh, that was a good guess, but you got to go even older school than that. It's a Jesus. real weird. Ty Cobb. Play. Ty Cobb. The Ty, Ty Cobb is one of them. Yes. Ty Cobb ah, is one of them. Ty Cobb. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, what the about the big Bambino? Is he on there? No. 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 He's not. He was a pitcher. Yes. Yeah. Because he started out. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't make it to his forties. Anyhow, he was he was done by like late thirties. Uh, true. The second one, I'll give you a hint, was a big star in Montreal. Oh, jeez. Uh, not, I mean, 
he wasn't a, he was never a huge star, but had a very good and obviously long career. Anyone who plays as a teenager and plays in their forties had a long career. But he was he became a fan favorite in Montreal because of his flaming orange hair. <laughs> he was called uh, Le, Le Grand Orange. Do you remember uh, uh remember Rusty Stop? That was before my time of of following baseball. Yeah, back in the seventies and the uh, the other one is more recent. Someone who played for the Yankees for a while, um, among several other teams, and had I think a, a Hall of Fame worthy career. Yet was completely blown off the Hall of Fame ballot very quickly, shockingly quickly, which surprised me when I look at his career numbers. Is Gary Sheffield huh. was the other one to do that. So there yeah, you go. There, there's an interesting. Yeah. That is a yeah. motley. Yeah, and it, like it really spans the ages of of baseball. Keeps. Like you're talking, you, yeah, you're talking about. I mean, you got Ty Cobb from the. Very... Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, uh, the, the, I'm surprised there weren't. Sorry, you're cutting out there. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised there aren't more more players from you know the the early years of off baseball. There, I mean, when you know there was a bunch of people hitting home run numbers that you know still haven't been passed. Well, that's true, but in the early, early days, nobody had home runs because it was like a real dead ball era. I mean, yeah. it wasn't until, you know, like really the the, te- the teens and the 20s where yeah, the home yeah, runs okay. started to become more and more popular. So, um, uh, okay, so back to A-Rod. He keeps saying all the right things. That You know, I mean, there's no doubt he's being handled and he's finally listening to whoever the hell is talking to him, but... Let's look at well, some he's of the 40. numbers. He better well be listening to someone when you're 40. Like, come you on. You know what? I, 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 that in terms 40 does not mean you don't beg anymore. You can <laughs> take your 40s and 50s, I'm sure. I'm sure you can. I, I don't think like he's a douchebag at 39, and he was last year. He was still he was trying to sue the Yankees, sue the Yankees' doctors. Do this, do they sue the union, sue the M- sue MLB? All of a sudden, he turns forty, and now he's like wise beyond his years. Come on, he's he's being handled now, and he's listening to someone. Someone said, "Look, this is your legacy. You this this the kind of person you want to be remembered by." They took him and they sat him down, and he got it. And he said, "Okay, you're right. I'm going to do what you say." But let's look at the numbers of these. He's got twenty four dinners <laughs> heading into tonight. 24 in the year now, 678 career, that's fourth all-time, just 22 away from 700 homers. Uh, as you mentioned, smacked the three-homer Saturday, giving him four in two games because he hit another one Monday after taking Sunday off. He now has six home runs on his birthday over the years, which is a new record. That's that's incredible. Like You know, so, some players, I think, you know, when when you get hated like that and you have something to prove, I think it gives you a different type of fire. Uh, and I think he's got that. And, uh, you know, maybe the A-Rod, A-Hole comparison that, you know, everyone loves to make and has made and even diehard Yankees fans make, uh, you know, that, that probably just wears down on a person. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to go down in uh, history as uh, Barry Bonds or whatnot, you know, just a overall hated person that no one will ever want to like, you know. Uh, I think he 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 needs to do some redemption on a, on a, on himself, and he's he's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, well, that. I mean, he seems to be. Now, as yeah. I mentioned, there there were four four players who had to hit five career birthday homers, which brings me to trivia question number two. Can you name any of the four players who had the record homering on their actual birthday? Aaron uh, now has six, which is an all time high. <laughs> David Ortiz. No. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Nope. Three of them, them are vintage, and one of them is from, I believe, the 50s or 60s. Oh, but dear. Like, they're all retired now, but they're actually very recently retired. Huh. They all retired like this decade. Huh. So basically, they were sluggers of the last 20 years. Sluggers of the last 20 well, years. Hmm. Yeah, one of them was probably uh, the greatest player ever in Colorado. How about how about Ken Giffrey Jr.? Is he on that list? He is not. That's a good guess. Really? He is he is not. Todd Helton is one of them. Okay. Um, uh, the all time greatest what, the all time greatest Atlanta Brave. Hmm. 
What what did uh, did Jeter make that list? No, Jeter's not nope. really much of a home run hitter, but Chipper Jones was on that list. Uh, this one's a little tougher. Derek Lee was on that list. That surprised me. And um, Al Simmons, who was more of an old school uh, player, but a very very interesting mix. Just one of those things, I guess. Got yeah, obviously you know, it's- stepping up. On their birthday, I used to pride myself on hitting a birthday dinger every year myself. Uh, it's been a few years, it's been a few years since I hit one, but you know, there you go. Yeah, you know, one this it's, year, it's but a it, good way to celebrate. Absolutely, uh, like a home run, a homer and a, and a, a home run and a ribby. Absolutely. Um, so here's another thing surprising about Aaron Hafiz. Uh, I thought he would cause a big issue when he when they moved him to DH thought he would gripe about it and bitch about it, you know. In fact, I mean, many are talking about how that's been a factor in helping rejuvenate him by keeping him off his feet as much as possible, as much as possible. Because let's face it, don't forget, in addition to taking a year off because of the PED suspension, this is a guy that had a surgery on his hip. His body was starting to break down. He had a lot to overcome. Uh, I mean, it, like I said, it's almost impossible to believe a year ago at this time he was serving that PED suspension given what he's doing right now. And that, that raises a really good point. You think someone that, you know, in, in any sports, usually whether it's football or hockey or basketball, if you are gone for half a season or two a year, you usually come back with a lot of rust on you. And there, there's, especially there's not... Yeah, especially once especially, you're older. Especially as you get older. It's a huge difference missing 24 to 25, 39 to 40. Huge difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe so that year of uh, performance-enhancing drugs before, it's still wearing on him and uh, in that system over there. Maybe he did some HGH or something. But uh, he's, playing like a, he's playing like a younger A-Rod. So well, he's it was, certainly got the, the question. To yeah. find the best of the best that's out there in terms of PEDs and that's un, you know, that's just unmaskable, like just can't can't be traced. It's certainly conceivable. Uh, yeah. So let's look at some more of the numbers that we're looking at. He, this is his 16th 20 homers. Don't forget, earlier this year he made with what, what was his his oh, numbers yes. of the season before the suspension. They were not good at all. He was going downhill. I mean, his OPS has been dropping. His, he had that career year in 2007, and the Yankees gave him a 10-year extension for like almost $300 million, $275 million, and his OPS has dropped consistently since then. And I mean, uh, so I, there was one year where his hip injury was – this is the first year he's recovered and recovered big time. He is almost all the way back to – well, he certainly – the levels. I mean, this was his first three homer games since 2010, for instance. Uh, it was his fifth career three homer game, and we're not talking wall scrapers either. He's hitting monster shots. I don't know if you've seen some of these homers. One of the first homer he hit on Saturday was 452 feet. We're not oh, talking yeah. guys some balls that are just scraping the fence. He is launching these puppies. <laughs> you know, could could he have spent that whole whole year just doing PEDs? Uh, <laughs> like. It's a, it's a good question to ask. Do, do, do you think they they test him or 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 out throughout the the, the entire time he's off? All yeah. the time. If you no, know, if yeah. you're if you've been caught, you are prone to to being tested whenever and all the time, not on a schedule, just like randomly and consistently. Even during your suspension. Baseball? Well, I mean, he. I don't think so because I mean. But it's so if you, I mean, obviously if you're the day he home, came back yeah. like the day that stays system, right? The day he came back in spring training this year, he would have had to pee in a cup right away. Well, yeah, but if you find if you find something that's you know is is not easily detectable, and and you know you go go at it for six months, and then you go off it for six months. Who who's who's no? Maybe maybe he's, uh, he slipped under the rod. Well, the fact that we're discussing this is part of the problem because no matter how 
much he does redeem himself, there'll always be that suspicion in our minds. And he put it he put it there himself. himself you yes. know? And it's yeah. a legitimate discussion we're having that, that that we're wondering whether he's still on it because we're like, Jesus Christ, all of a sudden he's better than he's been since two thousand and nine. What the hell's going on? Let's talk about it's, okay, first of all, from a from a fantasy perspective, this guy's back to being a top fifty player. He could f- flirt with forty homers this year. You know, there's that's only incredible. Been two players. Think about this: well, two players, 40 40? forty or more. Who are they? There's only two who've ever I, done it. Fuck! Uh, I can't. I can't think off the top of my head. Forty-year-olds hitting Barry Bonds and Ty Cobb. No, Ty Cobb was never really a big home run hitter. Hank Aaron did it. Hank, uh, but look what? at, I mean, look at, the, like, he is now certain, number four right now in terms of, well, he's tied for three. We're talking about, this is home runs per game, all right? Hmm. At Hank Aaron, 1973, at the age of 39, in 120 games, hit 40 homers. That's .33 per game, okay? Bonds in 2004 is a 39-year-old, 45 homers in 143 Ted Williams in 1968, at the age of 41, hit 29 homers in 113 games. That's .26 per game. And A-Rod, this year, at the age of 39 through 90 games, has 23. Well, now through 91 games, has 24. So he's actually moved ahead of Ted Williams' pace. So we're talking about the third highest rate for someone in their age 39 to 40 season. Willie Stargell is also on the list, just below that. I mean, these are the greatest of the greats we're talking about. And he's right there. Yeah, no. No? Yeah. Well, he it's is crazy. right there. I mean, it, it is kind of crazy because if you, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are at the end of the season and what the numbers next year and the year after that are going to be. Because, uh, well, I mean. Yeah, well, next year, I mean, a whole other kettle of fish, of course. But, like, this year he started slowly. There was some rust. I mean, a bit. Not horribly slowly, but. He just turned it on. He just turned it yeah. on. I mean, what he's doing right now, it's like, it's just, it's incredible. It's, just, it's you know, mind-blowing. Um, yeah. Go ahead. As the, uh, for for Yankees fans, though, I mean, in, in this lull era of, you know, not having a, that big superstar, I, I think this this just, just gives gives them something to hold on to. You know, just, uh, I, it's interesting to see, or do, do you hold on to, you know, your, your team and, uh, and love A-Rod, or, you know, do you just say, oh, no, the guy's an asshole, screw him, right? But, well, uh, this I, is I think, one of the uh, things I was wondering. Yeah. I, it's a great point, because I, when, when, I was talking to some Yankee fans, and I said, what is the Yankee fans' gonna, reaction going to be on opening day? Are they going to stand up and cheer? Are they going to boo the boo him? And, they and did, you know what? He, I think it was half and half, right? Well, but he's, he's turned whatever boos there were into cheers. By the way, he's 0 for 2 tonight, and the Yankees are winning 5-4. But he uh, has not been involved in the offense so far. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, he had a huge May. Cooled a bit in June, but July has been unbelievable. Nine homers, 15 RBIs, 15 runs. This is 1,000. You know, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to go back in time. Could you recall when you traded to the Yankees? There was talk that a deal to Boston had been finalized. It was supposed to be a, it was Manny Ramirez for Alex Rodriguez straight up, and apparently it was a done deal. And then it suddenly fell through. And Wilmer Flores cried over that. But how might history have been changed if Alex Rodriguez had been traded to Boston instead of the Yankees? I, I wonder that. Huh. Because all his playoff failures, and of course the Red Sox did wind up winning the World Series in 2004 that very season, and wound yeah. up winning three in a decade three in a decade, but I wonder if they really have the Lord. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I think that the, could have been changed, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, history all comes down to major changes and oddly enough, it's usually always, uh, a, a trade that, you know, could have gone to the Yankees or to the Red Sox. And the history of both those two teams has always been over key players that, you know, one team picked and the other didn't. 
Um, yeah. Just, I, I, I wonder if he could have added to that uh, to that rep- uh, that that team. Could we have seen maybe a what? Yeah. I don't know. What? I mean, I, I just I'm trying to imagine like it was two reviled characters at the time. I mean, Alex Rodriguez was already reviled, and of course, Manny yeah. Ramirez was reviled, and it was just like a horribly huge contract for another horribly huge contract. But let's face it. Okay, let's assume let's assume A-Rod's clean. Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he's clean now. Or he's right. just gotten super amazingly talented uh team of of scientists working for him. But let's assume he's clean. He is cementing his place as one of the greatest power hitters ever by what he's doing this year. And you've got to look at him. The funny thing is I was talking about Mark Teixeira as comeback player of the year. But if you look at what A-Rod's done, I mean, he's even improved his contract rate this year. The Yankees could have the top two contenders for American League Comeback Player of the Year. And let's take that a step further. I was so sure the Yankees were going to cut ties with him, but how happy must they be that they didn't? Because is there any way they are in first place right now without without A-Rod and to share his comeback season at this point? No, not, I mean, nothing. It, like, yeah, who, like, who would they have right now without A-Rod? Who would they have traded it like they it, it, honestly if they got rid of him they would have traded for something that you know would have been someone that would have been subpar and well Carlos Beltran you know, would probably be playing every day at DH and and Chris yeah. Young would be playing every day at right field uh right. and he would be uh, Beltran probably would have completely broken down physically by now uh yeah they would just their offense would not be nearly as potent as it is. It's it's no and really who who back. who would your your star player be? <laughs> like would be Teixeira or Brian? Are, are, are you are, are you selling? Uh, I mean, at least from from going from Jeter to A Rod as your star, you know, there, there, there's that name value. I mean, you go outside. Of, of like those are those are names that people will recognize. Those are things that you can put big banners on, you know. Like, and I'm sorry, the Yankees don't really have that other than A Rod. Well, they don't. But I mean, is that the, it? Just depends on what you want to market the team around. Like, without I certainly like for instance this winter, knowing A Rod was coming back, but with the uncertainty of whether the Yankees were going to buy him out or what was going to happen or if he was going to completely suck. If he, was, if he was going to be able to catch up to major league fastballs at the age of 40 after a year off, et cetera, et cetera, all the what ifs. If I'm the Yankee marketing department, I'm hardly building my marketing offseason winter around, come see Alex Rodriguez, come back. You know, like, there's no way I'm pinning my hopes on all that what if. Like, there's no freaking yeah. way in hell. I'm See, selling that as, I, as, our, as our big celebration story, you know? And they, they didn't. They, but. Like, can you imagine how lame a year it would have been, though, for this year if A Rod came back? There's nothing really to show. I mean, it would just be like another mess here for the Yankees. But it's changed, and I would have, you know, yeah, for him to score the, in that last game three home runs and to spur the team to score more. I mean, the, the you have an un, uh, uncanny leader there. Yeah. I mean, his productivity is really impressing me. He's got his highest OPS since 2009, as I mentioned. His best home run fly ball rate since 2007. And that tells me that he's been a bit fortuitous as well. I mean, it's like everything he's hitting in the air is leaving the park. I haven't seen what his average um, hit distance is. Uh, But, I mean, like, Yankee Stadium is very friendly to lefties, not righties. And he's a righty, and it's like it, it, it plays average for righties and power-wise. But wow, it's just it boggles my mind. Anyhow, let's uh, let's get to the let's get to the scores this afternoon. There, Hafiz, uh, for Padres and Mets. I was looking at this once. Won this game eight seven, and this was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, a very high-scoring game for two teams that don't tend to score much. This is Padres and Mets. Oh, sorry, Padres and Mets. Sorry, yeah, my bad. Yeah, two, uh, two teams. Your, don't your score microphone a cut out there. Yeah. Okay, no worries. Uh, Justin Upton played the hero today with a three-run homer in the ninth to complete an amazing comeback in the rubber match of a three-game set 
the uh, the Padres actually trailed in this one seven one and came all the way back. In a game that took forever, it was delayed twice by rain for a total of only of almost four hours, and was still raining when they when the game finally was closed out. The Mets are in desperate need of offense because they're just not winning lately. They haven't won a series since mid July. Lowest scoring offense in the majors, 356 runs heading into tonight. So for them to get seven today was real rare footage. I mean, in nine of the previous 12, they scored three or less. So for Upton playing the hero tonight, this could be a swan song. He's been rumored to be on the block. Uh, As far as the Mets go, they're now three back of the Nats, leading to a huge series this weekend against Washington. The Padres, meanwhile, have won 8 of 12 to pull within eight games of the first-place Dodgers. They're hanging around in the NL West a little bit. For the Padres, Derek Norris was the big stick today. He had a career day, really. Started the day at first base, finished it at catcher, went 5 for 5 with two runs and four RBIs, all of them coming on his second grand slam of the season. He is now up to 49 RBI, also committed his fifth there. Man, talk about breaking out of a slump. He had been in an 0-for-10 skid over the last three games and, the hat, and took a seat on the pine on Wednesday, and it must have done him wonders because he was on fire today. Had a great start to the season, but has gotten worse each month and is winding up on lots of waiver wires as a result. Let's see if Norris can build on this game. If so, get ready to grab him. For on the for the pitching uh, for the Padres today was Andrew Cash. He got the start and was roughed up taking third innings, gave up six hits, five of them burned, struck out three, walked two, two homers. 29 of his 87 pitches were balls. But the Padres bailed him out of a loss as he trailed 7-1 when he left. But his his command has been really awful lately, and he's not striking people out like he used to, leading to some very inconsistent results of late. He um, Cashier did gain some traction on the wire after a great start against Miami last week, but he gave it all back and more today. Marcos Mateo tossed a perfect inning with two strikeouts for his first career win for the Padres. His command has been off the charts, and he could carve out a bigger role in the second half. So keep him on your radar in NL-only leagues. Finally, it was Craig Kimbrell uh, closing it out, struck out one in a perfect inning for his 30th save of the year. That is five straight 30-save seasons up his trade value, if rumors are true. He has really turned things around after a rough start to 2015. For the Mets, Curtis Granderson, leadoff hitter, was two for four, two runs, three ribbies, and a walk on his 19th double in team. He's up to 36 RBI, and his slash line is now up to 255, 350, 440. He's got multiple hits in three of the last four games, and has drawn three walks in the past two with two homers in the last three games. Absolutely on fire since the All-Star break is Granderson, hitting 327 with 10 runs, three homers, seven RBIs, and 52 at-bats. He's had a fine comeback season as the leadoff hitter in New York. It's definitely not part of the problem for this team, although you, there are many people you can't point the finger at. Um, Juan Uribe hit his first homer as a Met today. Jonathan Neese got the start, pitched extremely well, six innings, six hits, one run, struck out six, walked one. And strangely enough, also 29 of his 87 pitches were balls. The exact same line as Cashner, but with much better results. However, the bullpen blew it for him, blew the win for Nice, and Tyler Clippard was the only Met reliever to get his job done, earning his first hold for the Mets with his since joining the team in a this week. Uh, Uris Familia was rocked in taking the loss. One inning of three hits, including a three-run homer, for his first loss of the season, but his fifth blown save and third straight save he has blown, which makes Clippard suddenly very appealing in fantasy leagues. However, manager Terry Collins has given Familia a vote of confidence, but the closer better get his act together quickly because this is not going to fly if the Mets want to make the playoffs. This guy was 27 of 29 before the break and has now fallen apart. Meanwhile, Hafiz was uh, checking out uh, Washington against Miami. What uh, was going on down in South Florida? <laughs> you know what? Uh, it must have been a really, really hot day there because there's nothing done. One nothing for the Nationals uh, through to nine innings. I mean, it came in the second by uh, Scherzer over there. Um, I mean, I, I would have... 
for 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 Ryan Zimmerman, I mean, it's his first homer since uh, May nineteenth. So, I mean, to, this is wow. the first first of the homer of the of the whole summer. So, whoever put money on him, wow, you you pulled that out of left field. There, you you're on the game. Like to have guessed that today of all days would have been that day where he would have won the game with one home run. Uh, but, I mean, Max Scherzer, on the other hand, what a pitcher. I mean, shuts down the whole game, and, yeah, you have a one nothing baseball game. Uh, I, I feel sorry for whoever was in the stands that, for this whole game. I mean, uh, you go hoping for a little bit more than one home run, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Scherzer but, at the uh, win, I take it? Scherzer got the win. He's eleven and eight this year. Uh, his, uh, I mean, for Miami we had uh, Dan Heron over there, and he's a uh, he's a uh, boring seven and seven. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, although obviously took a hard he only, loss. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he could have imagine just that one run would have uh, would was all that cost him uh, this game. So. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if it, it, it was zero zero the whole way through, and you know, went into extra innings, or how that would have turned out. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to them for 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 both both pitchers for for not you know throwing many hits there. But uh, yeah, in terms of for a baseball fan, I'm sorry, not that great a game. Uh, in terms of a gambling man, you you would have uh, you would have had to call both both those like uh, the pitcher and. And uh, uh, Zimmerman over there; uh, those were those were definitely Vegas bets. Absolutely, uh, yeah. those who had Zimmerman in DFS league uh, were probably uh, enjoying that. But Scherzer obviously was the big star of the day. Yeah, um, definitely. definitely. You have any other stories you wanted to bring up this evening, there, Hafiz? Oh, I mean, I, I I see the Kansas City Royals are are going through some acquisitions here, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how these guys finish off here. Uh, I mean, they're they're down right now against Toronto, but uh, I mean, could this uh, could this team be a, a a new dynasty team, the Royals? Uh, so a team well, that you know, yeah. I mean. Dynasty is is a strong word, but I know I really it's a very like strong word. The yeah. I like the way they yeah. built their team with a little bit of everything, and seeing them as buyers over the last couple of years is is very nice to see because it's been a long time for Kansas City as a very small long market time. Team. So yeah. absolutely, uh, absolutely, great stuff there. Yeah. Um, couple things. Uh, speaking of the Royals, there was an episode this week, well, yesterday, because uh, Terry Francona got kicked out. And this was, uh, I mean, Francona props here, because this was a situation where, all right, second inning, Jason Kipnis got hit by a pitch. Right. I saw that. The, yeah. Tom Woodring gave a warning to both benches at that time. Um, right. Brantley got hit by a pitch by Jeremy Guthrie, and Guthrie was not thrown out. Well, after a warning, you're supposed to get thrown out, so Francona lost his shit, as he should have. And he got thrown out. <laughs> and I mean, you know, like, he got, a, he got a bunch of cheers for it. It's his third ejection of the year, 39th of his career. He's getting up there, not Earl Weaver territory yet, but getting up there. And um, you know what? Kudos to you, Francona, because that's, you know what? Umpires who... You call a warning, you stick to it. That's yeah, no, absolutely. Next guy who hits the batter, you're gone. No, so, you know what? It, it, it props him for sticking up for for what's right and you know what he believes in. Uh, probably should have lost his cool totally, but you know what? Yeah, you take one for your team, I guess, right? Well, I don't blame him for losing his cool because when the umpire has. Settled things down. And in the second inning, it's pretty early to issue a warning. But obviously, there's a history there. This is yeah. division rivals, history there. Kansas City has got a real reputation team this year. Remember earlier in the year with Oakland and then going issues they've had. Uh, so he's like, okay, that's it. Next person they hit someone is gone. Three yeah. innings later, really? 
These are your rules, and now you're not following them. So I don't blame him for yeah, freaking out. The, the, uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see why he didn't like. I mean, was, was it not as blatant a throw, or you know, or or not as blatant a hit? Well, I mean, I like, it did hit him in the leg. So I mean, obviously, it wasn't uptight. Anything around the head would have clearly caused an injury. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's it's Jeremy Guthrie who can't even break a pane of glass with his fastball anyhow. <laughs> so clearly, there's there's not much danger there. But still, the idea is yeah. the umpire obviously decided this wasn't an intentional hit by bitch. But still, once you've established that, if you've like tried to grab hold of this game that early and force, then you know. Bye bye. You've set that tone. So we were talking about yeah. the Mets earlier, their lack of offense. But last, they've they've been putting up some runs lately. Last night, Lucas, or sorry, earlier in this week, excuse me, Lucas Duda. Well, no, sorry, it was last night. He hit three home runs. Yeah. Uh, and this is a weird thing. The Mets had never had anyone hit three homers in a game until three weeks ago when Kirk Neuenheis, of all people, did it. And now Duda does. Three weeks later, get out. Ne- never, never in team history. That's what I'm saying. And then it's happened that... twice in three weeks. Duda is not a shock, but Kirk Newenice, who started the year with the Mets, was cut, and has now been through two other teams. The Angels picked him up, dumped him. Somebody else picked him up, dumped him, and he wound up back in the Mets. And he hits three homers in the game and had only hit four homers in his career or something. I mean, he's not a home run hitter. It was like, what? He may not hit another three homers in his career. And then Lucas Duda does it. Okay, that was weird. But but here's the even weirder thing. Duda hits, comes off Tyson Ross. And he hadn't given up a homer in 16 starts, which is a new Padre record. I mean, 16 starts without a home run. And he gives up one. And then later on, he hits two more off relief pitchers. It's like, wow. And Duda, who was slumping like crazy, that was six homers in four games. But, of course, today he was back in the tank, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, even though the Mets scored seven runs. Go figure. Baseball is a weird game, my friend. It's a weird, Baseball weird game. Baseball is a weird game. And you know what? Maybe, maybe it's uh, the, <laughs> the Mets bullpen there being like, this is our year. The Yankees aren't, aren't that great. You know, we're, we're New York's other team. But you know, I, over here in Vancouver, I never see very many Mets hats. I'm seeing Mets hats. And I, I, I have to stop and ask. Wow. It's like, you're, um, uh, you're a Mets fan? This, this, far, this far west. And, I mean, obviously you always see Yankees fans, and people that wear Yankees hats half the time don't even watch baseball. And so you well, know yeah. they're, wearing, they're probably wearing it because you know, they like Jay-Z or something or you know, whatever. Right. But Mets hats. I mean, to, to be a Mets fan in Vancouver, be proud of it, I mean, it's unheard of. It's been unheard pretty bizarre. I mean, it is pretty bizarre. Uh, no. So in the same game, of course, this was when Wilmer Flores broke the no crying in baseball rule with the Twitter rumors about Carlos Gomez going to the Mets for Zach Wheeler and Wilmer Flores. So he heard about it, I guess, in the dugout, and then he comes to bat in the seventh inning. The Mets are down 7-2, to and Wilmer Flores is not a star by any stretch. He's a decent player, whatever. He comes yeah. to bat, and it's, it's all through the stadium at this point, so he gets a standing ovation. Like, because they just figured this is it. This is the end of his Met career. And the Mets are yeah. down 7-2. to two. He's done nothing in this game. He gets a standing ovation. Normally, when a player's going to get traded or has been traded, he gets taken off the field right away because, God forbid, that player should get hurt later in that game after a deal's oh. been completed. Just, you, you want, okay, firm you feel right now. But to start the eighth inning. He's warming up and tears are streaming down his face. And I don't know if you saw this, but this is this is a great video that should be posted on Draft Team. He is crying. Oh, definitely there, are draft team. His, there are tears in, tears in his eyes as he's warming up in the eighth inning thinking my Met career is over because he's, he's only ever been with the Mets. And he's an emotional guy. But lo and behold, there was no trade. And Carlos Gomez, in fact, has just been traded to the Astros. He that Mets deal did not happen. It's and so th- there you go. 
Uh, uh, actually, I was going to bring that up as my other thing today, but yeah. Uh, there you go. I now here's. A... Go ahead. Oh, I thought it's going to let you go ahead, but okay. Uh, I, I was just going to say, you know, when when you're in that situation and you know you got no more pressure and now it's all just pure emotion, maybe that emotion comes out in your swing, you know. Yeah, it could be. It could be very much. Now, one of the big trades this week, of course, was the latching my head, bewildered. Jay's landing Troy Tulowitzki from Colorado. I mean, bewildered in so much as taking, bringing on one high-priced shortstop contract, trading another high-priced shortstop contract, definitely getting an upgrade at um, from a defensive standpoint, but bringing in another right-handed batter and trading away switch hitter, which makes the heart of your order almost entirely right-handed. And that's going to be a problem. Also adding another guy who's traditionally hits a three to five hitter and taking away one of your top of the order batters. Now all of a sudden you've got too many guys who like to hit three to five in the order and not enough guys at the top of the order. It's like, I just didn't get it. And sure enough, Tulowitzki winds up as the leadoff hitter for the Jays. And his first game, he goes first at bat, he goes yard, and then hits two more doubles. As the leadoff hitter, and lo and behold, he is now the new Blue Jay leadoff hitter. <laughs> you know what? Great for the Blue Jays. <laughs> no, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, sure. didn't, the Blue Jays, they, they just won tonight, too, against... Uh, against Kansas City over there. So, you know, great, great, great game for them, but... Yeah, the more important news for the Jays was letting David Price, which is what they actually needed. Right. This afternoon. Well, this is what I didn't get as well. Okay, so everyone's going crazy to Lewitsky's here, but you've already got this ridiculously good offense that batters people. You just can't stop other teams from battering your staff. Gee, I wonder what you actually need. Okay, so you go ahead and get it. I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. But uh, it makes a little bit more sense with the with the acquisition of Price today. I, I thought perhaps, although they didn't trade anyone off the current roster, I thought perhaps they were going to move some hit, hitting, which would have made a little bit more sense. I thought this was like step one of a two step plan, but I don't know. They just they all they did was trade away prospects and Reyes. Well, yeah. people say Reyes was becoming a clubhouse cancer and they've already got rid of the club the other clubhouse cancer in the off season and Brett Laurie. So at least they've remade the organization from a chemistry standpoint, which is very good. That's half the battle there, I think. Right. Um here's something I want to ask you about. There was an experiment this week in, in the Independent Pacific Association League, one of these indie leagues, where they had a high tech system instead of an ump calling balls and strikes. So is this the future of the game? Of course. You know what? Everything, whether it's soccer, baseball, heck, golf, everything's going towards technology. You need to remove the the fallibility of us human beings. I mean, whether it's the NHL, football, everything has to go in, in towards technology. You need to be 100% certain. And you know what? The... The the machines are ninety nine point nine percent accurate, and I think it's going to improve the the game. Well, until you know you start having robot baseball players, but that's a whole other story. Robot baseball players. Okay, well <laughs> that's pretty much all the news I had tonight. Just a few things coming over the wire. Last minute trades. The Pirates have landed Joaquin Soria from the Tigers. As I mentioned, Gomez was dealt to the Astros. Um, Let's see, uh, Hamels was told to Texas, of course. Um, I mentioned that David Price landed in Toronto from the Tigers. Dodgers made a couple deals to improve their pitching. The Yankees got Dustin Ackley in a three-player trade. I don't know why, but okay. Brandon Moss was dealt to St. Louis, giving the Cardinals even more depth there. In the outfield, uh, Zobris was dealt to the Royals. A lot of trades going on the last couple of days, so keep your eye on the wire. It's going to have huge impacts for your fantasy team. Uh, this is the time of year you got to pay a shitload of attention. <clears throat> now, 
Hafiz, it is time for you to pimp what it's put on a little background music. And uh, go ahead and talk over that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I want you to come follow Draft Team Sports on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Come join in the conversation. Heck, whether you're a sports heckler or you're a know-it-all, we want to hear from you. So come follow us, Draft Team Sports, and join in the chat, man. Oh, how's that? I like that the music there. Great, <laughs> oh, I wish awesome. all radio stations yeah, but... adopted the pimp, uh, the, the pimp of the day advertising technique. It would just uh, yeah. it'd make talk radio and music radio that much fun. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the show, absolutely. It also means <laughs> we are at the end of the show. I want to thank you very much for joining us, Hafiz. I uh, appreciate hey. it. It was great. I, I want to thank you guys and, and your listeners. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is a first-time experience for me, and uh, it was great. I'd, uh, I'd love to be here anytime. Thank you, Roto Rob. Definitely. Uh, future. Uh, in the meantime, uh, a chow to everyone, and uh, we will see you in August. Enjoy the rest of the trading deadline and pay close attention, and uh, we'll see you all real soon. I'm going to leave you with some Sean Mulrain here, and uh, we'll be back next week.